Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming to you on the Monday morning after Super Bowl 56, the Los Angeles Rams taking down the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20. Cooper Cup, the Super Bowl MVP, eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner. Josh Walker is joining me to talk about the game. Josh, uh, what are your initial thoughts on last night's game? Uh, it was a great game. Great way to end the season. Two, two great teams battling out for the Super Bowl championship. The world watching. Uh, great halftime show. Uh, just a great game in general, man, from start to finish. Uh, definitely capped off a fantastic season of NFL football. ESPN was breaking down the, uh, the greatest games of the year. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, what a great playoffs you had. The last seven games of the season were all either decided by three points or in overtime. And I'm thinking about all those games. And I completely forgot about the game that ended the regular season. That Chargers-Raiders games, we, we, you and I talked about it at length. And I was like, man, I will never forget this game. A month later, I forgot that game because these playoffs were just so incredible. And the Super Bowl uh, continued it last night. Absolutely. No, we, we were right. We thought that – because if you remember that Chargers, uh, if, if the game ended in a tie, both teams made the playoffs. And it was overtime. The game was essentially about to end in a tie. We like – no, don't go for it. And the Raiders went for it and got, in the, got, got, in the, uh, got into the playoffs. But, yeah, I remember that. We definitely did. We both said that. Yeah, you know, this would be a game we'll never forget. Eight games after that, we like, man, that game happened. <laughs> hey, it was also another thing we touched on after the wild card round. I remember our podcast. We said, man, I hope these divisional round games are, are better. And the rest of the playoffs were absolutely incredible. So, happy to have a great season uh just to get a great season, sad to see it come to an end, but it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. I was rooting for them. Uh, all gambling aside, uh, most of the time when I'm picking a team to root for, I'm like, well, which team has more guys that I want to see get a ring? When you look at the Bengals, they don't really have any of those veteran guys who just hadn't won a ring yet. But when you look at the Rams, you had you had guys like Stafford, Aaron Donald, Odell Beckham Jr., Andrew Whitworth, Jalen Ramsey, Eric Weddle, even guys like Von Miller who had rings, but you would like to see get another one. And that's really kind of evidence of the fact that they put this team together with trades, with free agent signings, uh, trading seven first-round picks, really just cashing in chips to try to win right now. And it paid off with a Super Bowl victory last night. Absolutely. The Rams should be proud. They, uh, they definitely cashed in that lottery ticket to win the Super Bowl. And now, that, that's not to say that their window is closed. I can definitely see this core uh, winning another Super Bowl or at least being in contention for one. However, I'm hearing Aaron Donald uh, is thinking about retirement, and that would be a huge blow to this team because there is no replacing that guy. They definitely do not win this game without him. Absolutely. Uh, other than uh, you can make the case it could have been co-MVPs. Offensive MVP was uh, Cooper Cup, and the defensive MVP was Aaron Donald. Those last two plays he had was just they were, honestly they were sensational. I almost wonder, like, if just because the world is so obsessed with stats, if Aaron Donald had brought Joe Burrow down for the sack on that last play instead of having Joe Burrow chuck it up to nobody. I wonder if they would have given him the MVP just for having a three sacks. But we'll we'll touch on that play and a lot more when we break down the game. I want to move on to talk about the Bengals for just a little bit. It's a young Bengals team with a lot of moxie, and they almost came in and stole the Super Bowl. This is a team that real. I, I hate to say it because – as I said, they showed moxie, they showed poise, but they really caught some breaks to get where they were. They really didn't have any business being there. I don't think they were the best team in the AFC. They caught a break against the Raiders with the ghost whistle. Uh, Derek Carr 
not spiking, uh, excuse me, spiking the ball on first down, taking away one of their shots at the end zone at the end of that game. I think the Bengals were probably the better team in that one, but then you move on. They definitely weren't the better team against the Titans. Uh, Brian Tannehill just vomited all over himself, costed his team that game. Then, of course, uh, the Chiefs' offense just completely disappearing in the second half of the AFC Championship game. I think either of those teams and the Bills were better than this Bengals team, but they did get there. Good for them. And they really could have stole this game. They almost caught another break. I just talked about a couple of the breaks that they caught with the Odell Beckham injury. That was almost another break that led to them winning uh, winning another playoff game. They really almost stole the Super Bowl, f- falling just short. But a uh, great season by the Bengals, either way. And I, 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 we agree on the Bengals. I just want to make another point. They had another break, too, with the uh, T. Higgins touchdown when he, when he twisted Jalen Ramsey's face mask. That was a break, too, because that should have been offensive pass in the front. So uh, the, the Bengals uh, – they played well throughout the season. They should be commended for making the Super Bowl. But I just I just think I just think that AFC is murderous row. And let me say this. Uh yeah, we can talk about Kansas City, Buffalo, uh Denver if they get Aaron Rodgers, uh uh whatever team emerges from the South, whether it's the Indianapolis Colts or Tennessee, uh whoever. But they're gonna have a bloodbath in their own division. Because see, they were always the little little brother in that division. Even Cleveland. Look at Cleveland's record. Cleveland basically owns Cincinnati. Now you, I, this is the pressing analogy I can give. When you live with somebody, you're the opening act. You have your own place. You're the main attraction. The Bengals have their own place now. Now they're the main attraction. The Steelers gonna get up for them. The Ravens are gonna get up for them, and the Browns are gonna get up for them. So I just, not, not, I don't. Let alone, I don't think they're gonna win the AFC. I don't think they're gonna win their own division next year. Oh, uh, they will definitely have a target on their back. That's for sure. Uh, in the entire conference, uh, they represented the AFC in the Super Bowl, so the entire conference is going to have that target on the Bengals, and, and especially in their own division. Well, yeah, um, because, because, because I'm sorry to cut you off, Jeff, but you got to think, Baltimore, okay, take Pittsburgh out, because Pittsburgh had an Asian quarterback, and no disrespect to Big Ben, he's a Hall of Famer, but if they get me and you to play quarterback this year, they'll be better, because we can throw the ball further than 10 yards. All right, cool. Take Pittsburgh out. Ravens, and I said this, uh, I'm, people know I'm a Baker Mayfield supporter. There's a lot of people who listen to this podcast or listen to the show that like Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow got a team to the Super Bowl with a terrible offensive line. Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, you guys are on the clock. I'm not talking about on the clock as far as getting your money. Y'all going to get paid regardless because there's only 32, it's only 32 players that can play quarterback. So you're going to get paid. But to be on that upper echelon level, you got to get your team to a Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow did that, and I'm sure that Cincinnati just has to be kicking themselves for not uh, taking this one down. They definitely had their chances. Uh, a couple of things that I thought would be issues for them in this game, I thought the Rams were going to be able to run the ball against the Bengals. That was not the case. This Bengals run defense did step up. And on the other side, Joe Mixon had a decent enough game, uh, not a great game, average close to four yards a carry, but he got the job done. Really the downfall for the Bengals, everybody's going to talk about the holding penalties on the last drive, and we'll break this game down in depth here in a little bit. But – on the whole, I think that what cost the Bengals was their inability to score in the red zone, and obviously their offensive line was. Now, you can sit there and say, oh, they scored a touchdown in the red zone. It was on a trick play up that, from Joe Mixon. If you look at that interception that they got to start the second half after that huge T. Higgins play that you referenced, if they punch it in for a touchdown there, they're probably walking to a victory in this one. Instead, they were held to a field goal, and it really kept the Rams in the game. Yeah, when you get in the red zone, you got to get touchdowns. You got to get touchdowns, especially in a game like that. We essentially it's a road game. I know Cincinnati was the home team, but it was a road game. So you got to get touchdowns in the red zone and not kick field goals. And 
Uh, when it was 13 to 3, by the way, the Rams missed the extra point. Uh, 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 Johnny Hecker uh, missed the snap and could have made it 14 to 3. But you got to get touchdowns. Even if you don't get the extra point, which, you know, by the way, when we were younger, when I went out, when I we, when we, had, when we were younger, extra point was, it was like, so you basically had seven. I mean, basically seven nothing. So now they move the extra point back. Obviously, you know things can go wrong, as we saw yesterday. But uh, you got to score touchdowns in the red zone, man. You can't kick field goal. And I just felt like the Bengals in the first half. And I know they're a second half team, but they play they play a little bit like nervous in the first half. Whereas in the second half, I felt like they just played like themselves. Well, that's definitely a, a couple of things that that led into that. I think obviously early on that failed fourth and one by the Bengals, uh, and then a couple of big plays from Odell Beckham Jr. were really the difference in the game that led to that thirteen lead that you referenced. Uh, but uh, the Bengals score on their next drive; they cut the lead to thirteen to ten. Rams are driving thirteen to ten. Odell Beckham Jr. goes down with that injury, and he was having a fantastic game. He might have been on his way to getting Super Bowl MVP. Uh, that he goes down with that injury. But at that point, the Rams are still driving. They still have a chance to go up at least 16 to 10. Uh, a really, I thought, a moronic decision. I don't know if it was Matthew Stafford or if it was Sean McVay. But you're driving there, and you want to kill clock because you're getting into Bengals territory. Uh, the clock's winding down to the two-minute warning. The Rams are at the line. I'm thinking there's no way they're going to snap this ball. There's no way they're going to snap this ball. Not only do they snap it, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford scrambles to his left, points downfield, and throws an interception in the end zone. I thought it was absolutely stupid that they snapped that ball in the first place. No, we agree. I mean, they should have just let the two-minute warning run out and then, you know, did whatever they had to do. But they wanted to – I don't know why he snapped the ball. I, I, I really don't. Uh, and we'll get – they did it again later in the game, and it actually worked out. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on. That one almost cost them as well. The big news on this drive, that Odell Beckham injury just crushing to this offense – they had four drives with Odell Beckham Jr. scored 13 points. The eight drives they had without him, they only scored 10 points. Uh, not having him in this offense was just a complete death blow to them. Obviously, he came into the offense right after Robert Woods went down. You need that number two wide receiver to compliment Cooper Cup. And uh, Vince Coverneck, all respect to him, but uh, he's not it. And I don't think Van Jefferson is yet at this point either. Uh, yeah, we, we, we agree on that. But I just wanted to be clear, like, yeah, Odell, two things can be true. Odell got hurt, and that hurt the Rams. But Matthew Stafford in that third, in that second quarter was missing pass. Now, one of his interceptions, the ball hit the receiver right in his hands. I think he's talking about Ben Skronik. Uh, I think 18, 17, I think that's the number. I can't remember his jersey number. Yeah, I, I, that wasn't Matthew Stafford's fault. But the interception, he, if you remember, when he threw the interception, he told Van Jefferson, go deep, go deep. Like, bro, if you think Van Jefferson can, can see that, the defensive back can see that too. So, um, so again, Odell's injury was terrible. Uh, I'm sorry he had to go out like that. At least he won a championship. Uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor or anything, but it looked like he tore his ACL. So, uh, I'm assuming that'll affect him going into next year. So, he probably won't, he probably won't be able to play next year. So, uh, but uh, I just felt like Matthew Stafford was antsy when he when Odell was going out at the beginning because he was just missing easy passes that he usually should make and he usually do make. Yeah, uh, uh, sad news on Odell Beckham. You really hope that he's able to recover. But unfortunately, when you see non-contact injuries like that, it usually is uh, something that that ACL or something not good, something that's going to keep you out for a while. So that was basically the end of the half. Neither team really did much with it after that. But the first two plays from scrimmage in the second half were that 75-yard touchdown pass to T. Higgins that you referenced. Was it a pass interference? Was it a face mask? Obviously, 
when you're looking back at it, it absolutely was. But so, then other people will come back and say, well, that call got made up for later on. But I don't really want to get into the officiating. I thought they generally did a good job. Of course, you're going to have guys miss a couple of calls. Uh, but they kept the flags in their pockets for the most part. I remember at one point there was a scrum on the sideline, and usually you'll see the flags Yeah, go you'll up. see a flag come out. You've got to waste happened. a bunch of time for them to say, oh, both teams offsetting penalties, and then you just wasted a bunch of time for nothing. They did a good job for the most part of keeping the flags in their pockets. Uh, Bengals fans are going to cry foul on that for the end of the game, but I, I don't want to get on the officials too much. Um, as I said, the first two plays from scrimmage, that 75-yard touchdown to Higgins, and then the very first play for the Rams is a Matthew Stafford interception, as you said, that bounced off of Skomernick hands. And at this point, this was the Bengals' chance to win the game, I think. They're up by four. They have a chance to punch it into the end zone, go up by 11, and really grab a stranglehold of this game. Odell Beckham Jr. is out. This Rams' offense is not operating like it was, but they are unable to do so. They settle for a field goal, and I really thought uh, that ended up being the difference in the game. Yeah, uh, when, when you can't, again, when you get field goals in the red zone, you got to get touchdowns, and especially in the Super Bowl, because we all knew, like, one of these teams were eventually going to get it going, and you, you got you to gotta give yourself some type of advantage. Three points is not enough in today's NFL. It's just not. Absolutely. The Bengals end up going on a field goal drive after that. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I thought this is one of his better drives of the game just because he was hitting guys like Skowernick and Hopkins. Um, I think he hit Henderson for a pass. He was spreading the ball around. I thought this was a pretty impressive drive by him. Obviously the best drive of the second half until uh, the touchdown drive. But uh, that getting that field goal ending up being the difference in the game. They cut the lead to, to four. And at this point, uh, both teams just traded bad drives for the Bengals. Uh, their offensive line just could not hold up against that pass rush. Uh, their burden long could not convert. They ended up going three for fourteen on third downs in this game because they were constantly facing these long third downs after Joe Burrow would get sacked on first and second down. And then for the Rams, as I said, their offense just clearly missed Odell Beckham Jr. Could not get anything going until that final drive, that fifteen play, seventy nine yard touchdown drive, up uh, a huge fourth and one run by Cooper Cup, a great play call. Uh, Sean McVay did not have the best game coaching, as I said, that head-scratching decision to snap the ball before the two-minute warning. Uh, he would regularly run the ball straight into the offensive line over and over and over again, and it was yielding no results, and they just kept doing it. Uh, but this fourth-and-one play call I thought was fantastic, that end-around sweep to Cooper Cup to pick up the first down. Uh, if they don't get that, essentially, there the game is over. So I love that play call. No, that, that Great play. You get the ball in your best playmaker's hand and let him make a play. And, of course, uh, the Bengals did not do that uh, when they had a – but we, we'll, we'll get to that later on. Uh, this drive ends up going down into the red zone. And at this point, again, Sean McVay makes another head-scratching decision. But it, I believe they're at a second and one or a third and one, uh, and the clock is winding down towards a two-minute warning. You're thinking, oh, you don't want to leave the Bengals any time, so uh, you don't snap this ball here. They yet again snap the ball. Um, it works out for him. I think it was Henderson takes the ball down uh, to about the five or six yard line, or it might have been Acres. I can't remember which running back took it. But you wasted, or you added forty seconds to the clock at that point. I just did not understand that decision. You could have made the Bengals use another timeout. They ended up then getting the ball back with timeouts, with a chance to tie the game. Your defense stepped up, but you have no idea that's going to happen. You have to do everything you can to take more time off the clock. There, I really thought that was a bad decision. By Sean McVay. No, I agree. Sean McVay, he – I hate to say this because he won the Super Bowl, but he had a C-plus game. The only reason why I'm giving him a C-plus is because he, he won the game. He didn't make the proper adjustments when Odell got out for the offense. Um, 
Then after that, I told you I felt like he was going to use Henderson more, which they did use him to receive. He had three catches, uh, 43 yards, um, and he had four rushes for seven yards. So I felt like Henderson would be a part of the game plan. But they they, they laid with Sean McVay as a boy genius. And I'm like, where's the genius at? Yeah, uh, both coaches with some bad decisions. This was not a well-coached but, game. But, and but it wasn't fair, always – go ahead. But to be fair, we don't label Zach Taylor as a genius. He is what he is. We lab- They label McVay a genius. Like, think about this. McVay has a, a more successful coaching tree than Bill Belichick. Yes. doesn't make any type of sense. So my point is, is that they've already labeled him as being this, that, and third. He had a, he had a, he won, so I can't say he had a terrible game. But let me say it like this. If the Rams would have lost, oh, he would have been public enemy number one. Absolutely, and that's and that's the main takeaway here is that he is lucky that they won this game because he did make some bad decisions. I will give him credit; he did make a couple of good calls. Like I said, that fourth and one call was brilliant. Uh, Zach Taylor did not do so well on his fourth and one call. Uh, but that point of the game, this leads to uh, the holding penalties, the offsetting penalties after Cooper kept t- catch. And Bengals fans are crying foul. Um, you're going to have – I mean, it's Cooper Cup, and he, you could probably argue that he got held every game. And I heard a lot of Bengals fans saying, well, they didn't call it the whole game. It's like, well, you're still holding him. Like, just because it didn't get called the whole game doesn't mean that that wasn't holding. You were still holding Cooper Cup on that play. And I don't really think that you could be too upset that it got called. No, we agree. I mean, uh, Logan Wilson, it's a ticky-tack call. You can say that. But I mean, Cooper Cup is going to get that. He, he's earned that respect because he's the offensive player of the year. He's triple crown winner. And you understand, like, I always tell people this. The way Jeff, the way you talk to your wife is going to be different than the way you talk to me because you have a really you've been with her, you've known her for however long. So that's how these at the end of the day, these refer, NFL referees are people. It's Cooper Cup, he's the offensive player of the year, triple crown winner of the season. You see his jersey get pulled, you're going to call that because it's, he's not the fastest, so he needs all the advantages that he can get. You pulling his jersey, um, well, Yankees, I have whatever Logan Wilson did. Um, like I said, it's a ticky tack foul, but. They called it. And we referenced the, the Higgins play. You could, you could say that there was two bad calls on both teams that led a touchdown. So I don't think the officiating really decided this game. I heard a lot of people saying that, oh, the Bengals were the better team. The Bengals were not the better hey, team who? in this game. If anything, they were they caught a break with the Odell Beckham injury and the T. Higgins uh, face mask. So they were definitely not the better team. I think the right team ended up winning the game. Obviously, Cooper Cup goes on to cap off arguably the greatest – collective wide receiver season ever caps it off with a game winning touchdown it's the fourth time that it's happened in my lifetime um i was on the wrong rooting side the first two times with santonio holmes and plaxico burrs and i was not old enough to remember the joe joe montana one i think i might have been a year and a half old at that point so it's nice to be on the right side of this for once seeing a a game winning touchdown in the last two minutes of a super bowl uh cooper cup pulling that ball in to, uh, to give the rams the lead yeah cooper cup uh and a hell of a year. Hell of a year. Uh, he's the only person that got an MVP vote other than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And that is, that is very, very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, especially when you consider last season when Derrick Henry went for over 2,000 yards, he didn't get a single MVP vote. So it start, shows you how hard it is for somebody besides a quarterback now to get an MVP vote. And uh, Cup got one. And if you just collectively said, who is the best player of this season? Uh, who deserves like the regular season and postseason MVP? It's definitely Cooper Cup. Yeah, it's definitely Cooper Cup. Now, I wouldn't say he's the best player in the league. I think the best player in the league is on his team. Hopefully, he retires. 
I wish he was retired about three weeks ago before they played Tampa Bay on that Sunday at one o'clock on NBC. But I digress. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm letting them pass. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Aaron Donald's the best player in the league. But the Cooper Cup is he's a problem. He's a problem. If they gave that a player of the season award, I think it would go to Cooper Cup. Uh, no, we agree. I, and I think Cooper Cup will probably be the Madden cover guy, too, I think. Uh, but hopefully, ho- hopefully that doesn't uh, come back and bite him. Or, or I could see uh, him or uh, Matthew Stack. I, I could see uh, possibly them together. You could see either one of those. Uh, but the game was not over at this point. As I said, the Bengals had a chance, and they were really driving here. Uh, they get down to uh, close to midfield. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. They just needed a couple of maybe five, ten more yards. And they're in Evan McPherson field goal range. You saw him warming up on the sideline. Uh, they were sitting, I believe, at the Rams 49. Uh, and at this point, you're sitting at a th- you got a third and one after the, the nine-yard completion they got. Uh, they run the ball to Samaj P. Ryan. It was his second carry of the game. And he just gets completely stuffed by Aaron Donald. I thought that was a terrible play call. You had... You had Joe Mixon, who had been running the ball well. Like, if you're going to run the ball there, run the ball. You don't have to get fancy. You come out of the shotgun. I think Zach Taylor outsmarted himself a little bit too much. And then for his fourth and one call, uh, Zach Taylor did, just didn't have a creative play on fourth and one when he needed it, and it cost his team in the end. Aaron Donald getting in there on Joe Burrow yet again and making a huge play uh, to ice the game. I disagree with the creative play. I just don't like – why wasn't Joe Mixon in the game? Like that, 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 that was my thing. Like, why, why? He's your best running back, in my opinion. So, why was he not in the game? Samaji Kiro? Like, I get it. He went to Oklahoma, good player. I, I, I remember him. Nice, solid, solid player. Should be in the league. But I have, I have a favorite saying when the money on the line, you need your, you need your generals out there. Like, uh, back in the day with the Lakers and Shaq and Colby. Joe Jackson wasn't playing when the money was on the line. Yeah, Shaq and Kobe out there. So you got to have your best players out there. So I, I can't knock the play because Aaron Donald just blew up the play. But I don't like the fact that Joe Mixon wasn't in the game. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't smart to me. Now, unless he was hurt. Now, if Joe Mixon was hurt, then I, obviously he has a reason not to be in the game. But it, if he wasn't hurt, why not? It was a situation where, as I said, Zach Taylor, I think, was just trying to out was just trying to outsmart everybody, and he outsmarted himself in the end. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan is their third down back, so you send him out there. The entire defense is going to be thinking pass, and you try to sneak that draw play in there. Uh, it just yeah, didn't work. But but Samaj P. Ryan ain't a better catch of the ball than Mixon. He ain't a better run of the ball than Mixon. So like, yeah, he could be the third down back. But I'm saying, okay, he came in for third down. He didn't do nothing. After that, you know, get the hell off the field and bring Mixon in. Because that, 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 that play literally was the game. Once they didn't give, get it on fourth down, they didn't even take the last time out, if you notice. They just let the clock run down. Partially because I think, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but Zach Taylor, like, bro, I'm not going to delay the inevitable. Like, we didn't get the first down, F it. Uh, that's just in the game. Like, there's no point that we call a timeout here and they still going to win the game. So yeah, I it would have just been an extra kneal down by Matt Yeah, it would have been an extra kneel down. But my point is, is that um, – you got to have your best players with when the money on the line, and the money, the Super Bowl was on the line. And you're with your boy, you know, I know, I know you love your boy Evan McPherson. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't listened to our uh, redo of the first round, you should listen because you'll you'll hear Evan Mc, you'll hear Evan McPherson's name very early. So uh, at least earlier than what than what his what his name was called in the original in the, in the uh, yeah, original NFL draft. But I like McPherson. You know, he was uh, bobbing out during the halftime to the uh, to the. Uh, uh, halftime show. So I like him. Good kicker, all that. But you got to have Joe Mixon in, on that play 
for fourth down. That, that's not an excuse. Yeah, it's, it just seemed like a head-scratching decision to me. Like, you, if you're going to have a third down in the fourth down play call, like, sure, have one pass, one run. That one should be to Joe Mixon. Now, he was playing well enough, four yards a carry. He, they definitely ran the ball better than I thought they would in this game. Um, he was that sec- second-best offensive player behind um, Higgins. And, oh, well, second, third, whatever you want to put Higgins and Chase at. But he, Mixon was doing his job. Yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, the talent won. The talent did win out. Uh, the Bengals' luck ran out. Aaron Donald making that play, and the Rams are the Super Bowl champions. Trading those seven first-round picks ended up paying off in the end for them. Good for them. Uh, as I said, I'm not sure if it's going to lead to long, sustained success, but uh, as of now, they are the Super Bowl champions, and, and you have to tip your cap to them. Yes, sir. Congratulations! I just want to say this. congratulations to the Rams for the great team together. Uh, and players come in during the season. Hall of Fame player like Von Miller. Uh, I don't know if Odell is going to the Hall of Fame. Might, might not. But very good player in Odell. Uh, you, 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 uh, the Rams deserve it. Congratulations. They beat Arizona in the first round. I was high on Arizona. They beat, they beat my team in the second round. But right now, they retired Tom Brady. Uh, and then they beat San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. And they beat uh, Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. So, congratulations to the Rams and all that things. Uh, last year we had one team. We had the first team ever to win the Super Bowl in the home field. Now we have two teams in a row. Now next year the Super Bowl is in Arizona. So Kyle Murray in Arizona, y'all need to get y'all part of my language. I need to get y'all shit together. Uh, come on, come on down. Definitely something going on there. Uh, before we, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here shortly. But uh, we have we have another segment. We're gonna do our way too early. Uh, Super Bowl odds for next season, but I do have a take on the Kyler Murray situation. Uh, we'll kick off the next segment with that, but we'll take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back. We are talking about way too early Super Bowl 57 odds, but first, uh, we touched on Kyler Murray right before the break. Josh, I'm going to throw a trade at you here. You let me know what you think. Uh, Kyler Murray clearly... Not happy with what's going on in Arizona. Aaron Rodgers, not happy in Green Bay. Why not an even-up swap? Kyler Murray on the last year of his rookie deal, so he can choose to re-sign with anybody after next season, so his trade value might be a little bit diminished. Aaron Rodgers probably has one, maybe two years left. You swap those guys, maybe Arizona has to – excuse me, maybe Green Bay has to send a little something extra to Arizona, but I think it's something that could be beneficial for both both teams. It won't happen. It's like a Madden-style trade, but it sure will be a lot of fun to see. No, nah, you're right. It definitely would be fun to see. Uh, I'm a Kyle, you know, I'm a Kyle supporter. Uh, big fan of his. Love him. Think he can uh, be one of the best quarterbacks in the league one day. Uh, I, I don't mind if he get traded. Uh, I just don't like how he's handling the situation. Like, bro, you got destroyed. You need to own that. You got destroyed. You need to own that. So. Um, you could trade him to him, ten buck two. If you don't change his attitude, it really wouldn't matter. So as far as the trade with Aaron Rodgers, yeah, we 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 just seen that in the NBA with Ben Simmons and James Harden. I got a disgruntled star, disgruntled star. You got a disgruntled star. Let's make it work. I'm gonna add a caveat to that. They both also have their weapons traded. Uh, add DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Devontae Adams into that. Both guys get to stay with their quarterback. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So you could do a DeAndre and. Uh, Basically, two the, the two quarterbacks and the two receivers trade for each other. Yeah, they get they get to go with their guy. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad. 
Uh, the thing I, that I don't like about the Kyler thing is just that it, people are questioning his work ethic. And I'm sure he thinks he works plenty hard. But that's the thing about young guys in the league. And if you ask any superstar, you ask a LeBron James, you ask Tom Brady, you ask uh, Michael Vick after he uh, had a resurgence in his career. They'll all say, I didn't work this hard when I was younger. If I wish I had worked harder when I was younger. There's all the d- different things with nutrition, with a sleep schedule, like that you really don't understand when you're a younger player. And I think that's a lot of what they want Kyler to do, and he's just not getting it yet because he's still a young player. Yeah. I, I uh, like I said, I don't understand why Kyler they – all, they all need to take responsibility for what happened. They got destroyed against the Rams. Uh, they all need to take responsibility. Whether it's Kyler, Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive coordinator, whoever, need to take responsibility for it. And I just don't like Kyler. You're the, you're the quarterback. They're looking at you. So you can't be antisocial. And you can't be like, oh, well, first one in, first one out. You got to put in that work. You got to put in that effort because everybody watching. Matthew Stafford, I don't think is as skilled as Kyler Murray. I don't. Matthew Stafford might have a strong arm, but everything else I would give to Kyler Murray. Matthew Stafford just won a Super Bowl, putting in work with Cooper Cup, putting in work with Odell, putting in work with Higby, putting in work with the backup, the backup uh, tight ends. You got to put in work with people, man. You can't – football is not a nine to five. You know, we're coming in nine, we're going to work done. It's not going to work like that. So – yeah, and uh, the Cardinals are hosting the Super Bowl next year, so uh, they, they they could be the third straight team to host the Super Bowl, but they really got to get, as you said, they got to get their shit together. Uh, they're sitting at plus 2,000. They're not really one of my favorites to win it. My absolute favorite to win it is going to be the Buffalo Bills. They're sitting at plus 700. Look, I, I think they were the best team in the league this year. I think if you replayed the playoffs 10 times, the Bills would be the most likely Super Bowl winner. Uh, you could go all the way back to the 13 seconds. If they had just squib kicked, run four seconds off the clock, the Chiefs only have one play instead of two. I think they wiped the floor with the Bengals, and I think you probably see them beat the Rams as well. Uh, the Bills are my favorite to win the Super Bowl next year at plus 700. Uh, great pick, Jeff. I'm picking the Bills as your favorite. Uh, looking at the list, for me, I would have to say hmm. – I'm going to say the Chiefs, uh, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, this is subject to change because we're literally in the first day of the offseason. But I would say the Chiefs would be my favorite. I know they got questions with Eric Bieniemy, but I just think the way that they lost to the, to the Bengals would give them motivation to try to get back, uh, especially in my homes. I had to go through a whole offseason with him, Joe Burrow, and, and Josh, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert, and stuff like that. So I think that'll make Kansas City more hungry and ready for uh title run next year. Uh it definitely seems to be Chiefs Bills is going to just be a staple in the playoffs year in, year out, much like Patriots Colts was uh for all those years with Peyton uh, and your boy Tom Brady. Uh, a couple of dark horses that I have for next year, and this is really just subject to where Aaron Rodgers lands. I know I just gave out a fake trade for him. I really don't think that's going to happen. I think the two most likely landing spots right now are the 49ers and the Broncos. The 49ers are sitting at plus 1,000, so clearly uh, the odds makers think that that's where he's going to go. But you also have the Broncos sitting at plus 2,500, and if they get Aaron Rodgers, you could see those odds dip down, uh, go go up to like about plus 1,000 like the Niners are. So I- far as value goes uh, if you're going to put one of these bets in now with the assumption that Aaron Rodgers goes to one of these teams I really like the 49ers at plus a thousand and the Broncos at plus 2500 yeah I think the same for Aaron Rodgers we agree the Broncos uh, I don't really see the 49ers 
And they gave up all that ammo to get Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young, Trey Lance, I'm sorry. So uh, they would have to trade for him. Whereas, though, and I'm not trying to start nothing, but if, let me say it like this if the 49ers quarterback next year isn't Trey Lance, then it'll be Tom Brady. Tom Brady has a better chance of playing for the 49ers than Aaron Rodgers. I could definitely say that. That might be why their odds are sitting so low. That's a, I didn't even think about that. So, uh, oh, by the way, I'm, I didn't break this on this show, but I want to tell the fans of the show. I think Tom Brady's coming back next season. Yes, I, I could see him taking a year off, but I'm sure, who knows? Uh, maybe he wants to be he'll be closer to home with the 49ers. I can definitely see that. Uh, is there a dark horse on, on the list? Not necessarily one of the top favorites that that uh, catches your eye for next. Yes. The New York Football Giants. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, they have Ryan Dayball as the coach. He has to show that he's worth being the coach because what happened with Ryan Flores? Okay, let's check box one. That's box one. Box two, the most important box ever. If they get Daniel Jones and not turn the ball over, they play off into the They have skill at the wide receiver position. They have skill at the defensive line position and quarterback position and safety position. Daniel Jones not to mess it up. And that offensive line to get better. Offensive line to get better. Daniel Jones going to turn the ball over. Giants can be a playoff contender team. Uh, so basically, we're calling them next year's Bengals. Uh, I don't see Daniel Jones as a Joe Burrow type. I'm not high on Daniel Jones. I never have been. I don't. Th- I think turning the ball over is just ingrained into what he does. I have two picks uh, for this category to be next year's Bengals. I'm going to start with the Bears at plus 7,500. It feeds into the same deal. You saw. Uh, you got Justin Fields going into his second year. You saw Joe Burrow make that year one to year two leap. I could see Justin Fields doing a similar thing. The Bears have a talented defense. Uh, much in the way of actually probably more so uh, than the Bengals. You actually saw this Bears team beat the Bengals earlier on in the season. My second one is my second one is going to be for the same reason. Second year quarterback can make a leap. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Mm -hmm. they're not going to have the issue. Oh, I hope they're not going to have the issue that the Cincinnati Bengals had this year because they're going to draft stud left tackle Evan, Evan Neal at number one overall. And he's going to be protecting Trevor Lawrence's blind side for the next decade. Great pick, great pick. I I I love Jacksonville and Chicago because the divisions are so like Aaron Rodgers leaves that division, that division is wide open. And then Jacksonville with the Colts and the Titans, even though the Titans won that division, they don't have a stranglehold on that division, i.e., like a Kansas City over the West or Buffalo over the East. So I could definitely see Chicago and Jacksonville uh, make it run, but the, but. Let me just say this, going back to the Giants. Out of all three of these teams, the Giants have the most talent. They, they still have Daniel Jones as their quarterback. That's where I'm always going to go back to. I know. And, and, I, and I get it. I get it. Like Daniel Jones is not sexy turns the ball over. And the but, Dallas Cowboys are still in that division. He's still got to see Michael Parsons twice. Yeah, he still got to see Michael Parsons. still got to see uh, Jay, uh, Jay, Jay Allen and uh, uh, Deron Payne. Montez got, Sweat. Montez Sweat. Uh, 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 Chase Young. Chase Young. Uh, so, they, they, they have to see that. I'll give you that. The Eagles got some talent. The Eagles made the playoff. So, I'll give you that. But I, the, Giants, the Giants have too much talent to be winning four games. I'm sorry. They just uh, have too much talent. When you look at it, though, uh, you really need that quarterback to get you over the hump. And I just don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. And especially when you look at the Jaguars. 
Uh, if Deshaun Watson gets traded from the Texans, Trevor Lawrence is looking around like, yeah, I might already be the, the best, best quarterback, quarterback in, the yeah. the I'm the best quarterback quarterback in the division. I'm the best quarterback in the division. I give you that. But let me say this. Jalen Hurts is the second best, third best in this division. He made the playoffs. So, I'm not saying Daniel Jones needs to be Tom Brady. I'm not saying that. He just, he just, like with Tom Brady, with, with Tom Brady went from James to, to Brady. He had like 35 turnovers and Brady had like 11. If, if Daniel Jones had 30 turnovers last year and can drop it down to 15, 16, they're a playoff team. Uh, I I will see. I'm not. I've never been very high on the Giants. My brother-in-law was on the show uh, a few weeks ago. He's a big Giants fan. He's gonna love hearing this. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna both pick a team now that we think is gonna take a step back. And I I hate to keep piling on poor salt in the wound on these Bengals fans, but they're sitting at plus fourteen hundred. I think that's just completely overvalued. Obviously, they are the darlings now. They made the Super Bowl. But as I said, they got really lucky to be there. I don't think that they were the best team in the AFC. And I don't want to say anything about, uh, about them because I don't think the Rams were the best team in the NFC either. If anything, it just kind of shows you that, like, there's no reason for any fan to give up because your team can catch the breaks and get the luck to get there. But seeing it happen two years in a row, usually you see some kind of regression to what you really are. Obviously, last year they, they finished last place, so they had a last place schedule. This year they won the division, so they're going to have to see the Chiefs. They're going to have to see the Bills. They're going to have to play that first place schedule. I really don't see them repeating. I like their prospects moving forward because they do have some cap space. They have some young pieces. They have some talent. I think they're going to be a good team in the future. I just think they're going to take a little bit of a step back next year. Uh, we agree on that. Uh, I, we agree on the Bengals. I could pick the Bengals, too. I'll give you two other teams. Uh, one, I think the Patriots are a little bit high, plus 2,500. Um, I can make a case in seven, eight teams in the AFC that are going to next season that I feel that could be better than the Patriots. Uh, and the second team is the Bengals. I'm just going to say it. They made the Super Bowl. Congratulations. They won the AFC uh, this year, or the season just happened, and uh, they won the AFC North. They won't win the AFC North next year. I'm going to put that out right now. They will not win that division next year. Between Baltimore getting better, Pittsburgh getting better, and I know all y'all want to laugh at me about Baker Mayfield and Cleveland, but Cleveland will be better. So I don't, I don't think the Bengals are going to win that division. And I don't like how the, I don't understand how the Patriots are plus twenty five hundred. They have no weapons, and I don't see them getting a dominant number one weapon that's going to take them over the top. And that, that's just really Bill Belichick. Uh, people love to bet on Bill Belichick. I, I, I'm in agreement with you there. I think you see Mac Jones kind of come back to earth a little bit. Uh, they're in a tough division, too. That division is getting better. Yes, you still have the Jets, but uh, the Jets are moving in the right direction. You saw them play tough down the stretch. I think the Dolphins are going to be good. I think Tua takes a huge leap next year. And, of course, you still have the Bills. And my favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, Josh Allen, uh, going to be a perennial MVP candidate. You still have to see all those teams twice a year. Uh, that division is not the AFC East of the past when they were terrible and the Patriots just dominated it. Yeah. Uh, the division, like I said, it's not, it's not the hardest division, but you got Buffalo in there, contender. Miami, let's see what they do with the new coach and working with Tua. Got the Patriots. And the Jets. I think the Jets will be – well, anything is better than what they had. But I think they'll be better. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win a lot of games, but they'll be more competitive. Because some of them games last year, they just literally showed up and just got ran over. Well, I did – I don't think my listeners would expect me to let this podcast go all the way through without talking about my Dallas Cowboys. They're sitting at plus 1,500 to win the Super Bowl next year, and they're one of my 
they're not going to be my favorite value bet, but I do think that there is some value there. I think they're definitely going to win the NFC East. Uh, that defense is going to be improving. Micah Parsons, already one of the best defensive players in the league. He's going to have another year under his belt. You have another year of team building around him. Uh, I think that defense is going to be better. Maybe the offense takes a little bit of a step back. Michael Gallup uh, not going to be back, and even if he is re-signed, he's not going to be ready to start the season. So I think maybe you see the offense take a slight step back, but I think this defense has potential to be one of the best in the league next year. Who would you want the Cowboys to restructure their contract or get rid of uh, if you had your way? Other than, other than the coach. For Zeke Elliott. I hated that contract the second he signed it. Um, ever since he signed it, he I mean, obviously as a rookie, he was one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, he has just really rubbed me the wrong way in a lot of ways. I'd like Tony Pollard more. Um, if Tony Pollard could pass protect, uh, he'd definitely be the starter over Zeke Elliott. But Zeke, you can't take that away from Zeke Elliott. He is great in pass protection. But you don't pay – the what is it 20 million a year for a pass protecting running back that doesn't break big runs yeah, that's an offensive line. line yeah um you get Kyle you check to do that Kyle Uzcheck or, or um um uh, the fullback for the Ravens Ricard Alan Ricard Project E Patrick um, Ricard yep Project that thank you Patrick Ricard thank you um my choice is Amari Cooper I know you might not want to answer for time. I would resign Michael Gallup. You got to get rid of Mark. He's not. He's not. A 20, he's just not worth twenty million dollars. I think he's the number one. I mean, I, I'm biased, obviously. I I I think what he does doesn't always. Um translate into numbers on the field but you see him come up with big plays I, th- I don't think cd lamb is quite I, I think he's a very talented receiver i don't think he's quite ready uh, to be the number one just yet i know that's difficult to say because he just had a great season you see guys like justin jefferson in his same draft class that are ready to be that number one guy i think we especially with cd lamb i don't think where he needs to be just yet i think we need to keep cooper well they can keep cooper they're no denying that. He's definitely not worth $20 million. Either. So, and, and if you put a tie dog against him, he usually struggles. I know it was a couple years ago. We go back um, last year, Jason Garrett. And then came up in New England. They put Gilmore on him, took him out of the game. Literally took him out of the game. Uh, a couple years ago, when they made the playoffs, they had to, they played the Rams. Did that Rams team have Jalen Ramsey on it? I don't think it did. When they when they went to the Coliseum and they lost in the division, I don't know if they had Rams on the team or not. I don't, I don't but, believe that they did. I don't think they did. But uh, they had no, they had Marcus Peters, somebody else on that team. They basically took Amari Cooper. Out of the game. I like Amari Cooper, but I just. If I'm giving you twenty million dollars, bro, you gotta be able to perform at home, on the road, in the gym, on the moon, in the, no, not to be funny, in the bedroom. I need to be able to perform all the time. You need to be able to perform. The, that Rams game you referenced, I always refer to that as the C.J. Anderson game. That dude just came off the street and just just ran straight down the Cowboys' throat in that one. Oh man, that was he had a, he had a great playoff run that year. Of course, it ended against your Patriots there in that uh, thirteen to three. Super Bowl. Bar and Super Bowl, yeah. Now, <laughs> as, far as, as far as your defense, I like your defense. I'll give you that. Michael Parsons, Trey Ron Davis, they need to get another corner. They can draft that, sign that. But uh, I like your defense. Your defense is coming. I just not – not a $20 million fan of Mark Cooper. I, I can see that, and I definitely think corner is the way to go in the draft. Uh, a corner late in the first round uh, doesn't, doesn't have to be a number one corner. So you can get a 
pretty late on in the draft. Uh, that is going to do it as far as teams that I wanted to touch on. Is there any other teams you wanted to touch on before we hop off? Uh, we, we talked, talked about, about the Patriots, Patriots for me. We talked about the Bengals. Um, obviously, I'm keeping my eye on Tampa Bay. Don't know what that situation is going to hold, whether they bring, whether Brady does come back or uh, they James go out. I feel like yesterday they wanted to go after Deshaun Watson. So we'll have to play that by hand and see how they go. And another team I'm looking at, again, is the Steelers, plus 6,000. Uh, I just feel like, and there's no disrespect to Big Ben, he's a Hall of Famer. First ballot, you already walked in, but you couldn't throw the ball ten yards. Yeah. So they get a quarterback who throws the ball down the field. They got, got the weapons. weapons. We already know they have great defense. So definitely some value with that pick, as you said. A couple of receivers on that team. If you've got a quarterback there, and Mike Tomlin is just a great coach. And it's Pittsburgh, even despite everything this year, they're still over five hundred. That team is always over five hundred, always in contention. So plus six thousand, uh, you can't deny that. That's a that's a solid value bet. Um, so that is going to do it for the podcast and for the NFL season. Uh, Josh, it was a great one. I really appreciate you uh, coming on this journey with me, man. Yes, sir, Jeff, man. Uh, sad day, man. Uh, the first Sunday without football is always the hardest. So uh, this Sunday coming up will be tough because you're so used to just watching football from 1 until basically midnight. So uh, it's been a privilege and an honor for the work with you. Uh, thank you for having me on. And, um, obviously, we'll be doing shows throughout the offseason, talking about sports and stuff like that. But uh, can't wait to talk football with you again, man. I can't wait to do it either. I'm sure my wife's going to be happy to see no sports on TV for a little while, at least until March <laughs> Madness starts in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah women, love, women love this downtime for football. You take the time away from football and give it to them. Uh, that's the way it goes, and that's the way it should be. I, I appreciate that I, that I still get to have it, even being a married family man, still getting to have my little outlet here. Well, that is going to do it for the podcast, Josh. Thanks for joining me, and I will talk to you probably next week. Yes, sir, man. You be safe, man. Have a good one.